Praise the Lord. We're going to have a good morning this morning. I hope I didn't scare too many people off last week. Um, Yeah, so uh, praise God. Why don't we just pray and we'll just jump off from here. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to teach every one of us, to move every single one of us into another place, and you to understand who you are, what you're like, and the magnificent things that you have for this generation. Lord God, we just want to open our hearts and just, as it were, yield to you, Holy Spirit, and just say yes to everything that you have in mind for each one of us. Everything you have in mind for our wonderful city, Lord, this a magnificent capital city. We just thank you for everything you have for this beautiful nation. Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing on this earth, and we just say yes to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, in this series we've, we've, we've looked at, um, Preparation for His Premiere, I titled the series. And uh, the first week we had a look at um, Jesus as our coach. Uh, and he's the one that's getting us ready for our appearance on the world stage. And, and he is. Uh, this is not just make-believe. He is getting us ready for an appearance. The body of Christ is getting ready to be able to be displayed before the people. In fact, just before we start, has everyone got an outline? Put your hands up if you haven't, and people will quickly get that to you. And last week, we, um, I spoke about the Holy Spirit as our intercessor, and we looked at what that word intercession means, and I, I did say in the, um, in the message, I said that the Holy Spirit is the writer of our story in heaven. Just look up here and just don't bother with the ushers. Just grab a hold of this, that the, that the Holy Spirit, He is the writer of our story in heaven. And he's been sent to the earth to be the publisher of our story on earth. That's what he is here for. Uh, We looked at a scripture that even before we were one day old, that God has written a book in heaven about us in uh, Psalm 139. And, And I want that story on earth. And he wants that story on earth. How about you? I want to live that out for God. And so, um, you know, just in talking about the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to just go over a few things that we've talked about with him so far, and then we're going to jump off into another place. But I'm amazed that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit for 30 years, and I'm, I'm amazed that God would come and want to live inside me, that he would allow himself, the God that can do anything and be anywhere, that he would come and live inside me. And not only that, that he would bring a language that is so supernatural that he can use to pray out the plan of God for my life on the earth and that he can do that. I mean, the most, I think the most phenomenal thing about it is that this language is a supernatural language that is God's language. In fact, Paul talks about speaking in the tongues of men and of angels. And so we can speak in a language that angels understand and, and, and are activated on our behalf, on the behalf of human beings on the earth. And so I'm just amazed that God would come and he would bring his language and he would give me his language while I'm here on earth so I can activate heaven for my life, activate heaven for our city and our nations. And so um, it's just a wonderful thing. And it's amazing how we were talking about as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit that he shifts us out of everything that's going to stop us from moving into the, into the, the plan of God and he takes away everything that is going to try and hinder as we release that language and allow him to flow through us. And so um, it's, 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 a, it's a spiritual thing and, and we're not to be frightened of things that we don't understand naturally uh, with, our, with our head. And so um, 
when I was getting ready for this, this uh, message, I was thinking, well, God, how do I explain, how do I spend this last message explaining who you are, explaining this magnificent God? You can't explain God in three messages. <laughs> I mean, God says that the things that I've created explain who I am. And so how can we explain God? And so I was trying to think of different things and, and, and the thought came about um, the river of God and just having a look at the Holy Spirit and the river. And, and uh, people are thinking, my goodness me, a river, or the river of God, that God's a river. Um, well, it's interesting how God, He uses natural things. He uses natural pictures, natural illustrations to explain spirit, the spirit realm. And so that's what I'm trying to do here, to just take some natural pictures and explain the spirit world. In fact, it's interesting on your outline, I've put there for you to grab a hold of and, and have a look at. Paul says, he says, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And so what God does to explain himself is he takes illustrations and he takes natural stories that helps us to move into and understand the spirit realm. And uh, you'll have a look right throughout the Bible. God calls himself a shield. He calls himself a, a strong tower. <laughs> Are you a strong tower? You know, we're imagining that. But he, 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 he labels himself different things. He said, I'm the first and I'm the last. Well, is he always the first? Is he always the last? He gives us these different word pictures um, so that we can relate him into this natural world and not be frightened by him. And so it's interesting how um, Paul also says in the New Testament, he says a lot of these things that we're talking about, they are spiritually discerned. And he was talking to the Corinthian church and he was kind of correcting them. This was a church that was moving in the power of God and moving in the gifts of the Spirit and doing all kinds of things. He was, it was, it's in the Corinthians, uh, the letters to the Corinthians that he teaches about praying in tongues. And, uh, and he speaks to them and he says here, he said to the Corinthian church, he said, I could not speak to you or I could not address you as spiritual men. He says, but as worldly. He says, mere infants in Christ. He said, I've given you the milk, not solid food, for you were not yet able um, to, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly, acting like mere men. And I read that and I think, wow, because I talked about last week about, hey, part of my message last week was going to have some milk, it was going to have some meat and some strong meat. And, um, and some of that strong meat about, you know, travailing in the spirit might have been a bit strong for some people, um, but, but it's true. It's, there's some strong meat in that. And uh, Stephen just reminded me, Vanessa, just tell them that when, things, when a lady goes into birth, she normally goes into a place that's private. It's not a public thing that you do when you're giving birth. And so it is in the Spirit. Some of those things that God and the Holy Spirit will use you for and do through you will not be in a public setting. They will be in a quiet place. They will be in a prayer meeting. They will be in an intercessors meeting where you're going to bring some things forth out of the spirit realm and into the natural. Remember I said that everything in this natural realm was birthed from the spirit realm. God is a spirit. And when he came, and it says see, that the Holy Spirit was moving on the face of the waters in creation. And these are spirit beings, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and, and, and God the Father. And he spoke, and he created, and there was light. And so everything that you can see came out of the spirit realm. 
And the language that God has given us, the language to be able to speak in a heavenly language, we create with that language and we speak and we bring things forth from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Inventions and all kinds of different things. Somebody has spoken and prayed and declared them into the natural realm. And somebody's picked it up in the natural realm and gone with that. And so these are things that are, are in the spirit. And Paul was telling the Corinthian church, he said, I couldn't address you as spiritual men, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I've given you milk and not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. And then he goes on to say that you're fighting and quarreling. He says, are you not acting like mere men? And so I don't want to act like a mere man. Not after the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ has come in me. We are not mere men any longer. We've been filled with the power of Almighty God. We've been filled with the Spirit of God. And we are in another place. We're in another level. And we can start operating as sons and daughters of the living God. And so God, He uses natural illustrations to explain the spirit realm. And when Jesus came to earth, He used some natural word pictures to get us to understand who He was and the work of the Spirit. I mean, He said, I'm the bread of life. Well, Jesus, are you literally bread? I mean, we go down to Countdown and we buy our bread and this is bread and we eat it. But we find that He was explaining to the Israelites at that time, they were saying, we have Moses and He brought down bread for us from heaven, manna. And then Jesus turned around and said, I'm the man. He said, I'm the manna. I'm the bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone that eats of this bread is going to live forever. And so they thought, oh my gosh. And so he drew a picture talking about the new birth, being born again in a spirit, not in your natural being. He's talking about a bread that we can eat of him, the work of the cross that Jesus Christ has done. We take and we eat of that and something supernatural happens inside us. We come out of darkness and we come into light. There's another picture. We're born out of the kingdom of darkness and we're transferred into the kingdom of light. He's the bread of life. And so there's a picture there. There's another picture that Jesus gives in, in John 4 where he's talking and he comes um, to a well and he's talking to the Samaritan woman and, and, and he asks her, look, can you give me some water? And so she draws up water for, uh, for him and then he talks about that anybody drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst again. And she says, what do you mean? She says, you know, and she starts to try and bring everything that he was saying into the natural. Water, what do you mean this water? that I can drink and I'll live forever. Don't you remember when you were children, you read those kind of stories and there was kind of supernatural stuff and you could drink stuff and you'd live forever? Well, Jesus is talking about a supernatural story here. You can drink the water he gives and you can live forever. Wow. And so this Samaritan woman was trying to get something that she was in the natural here and he's talking something spiritual. And in that scripture there, you've got it on your outline. It says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. Well, now was Jesus talking natural water? No. I mean, when he's talking there about a well, I mean, is he talking about a natural well where you pull up water from a spring? No, he's talking about an experience. He's talking about an experience of drinking from the Spirit of God, from drinking of the wells of salvation. And as we drink, we're going to live forever. As we drink from Jesus Christ, we, are living, we will live forever. We will not die. This body will fold up and it will go to the grave, but we live on forever. 
And so we're talking about a spiritual experience that the natural man, if we are being natural, we think, I can't, I can't shift into that. That's just way out of, out of my understanding. Like Paul says, the natural mind cannot grasp the things of the Spirit. They're spiritually discerned. And so we find that Jesus goes on in John 7 to talk about another experience. And he draws another picture and another illustration uh, here. And it's different from the, um, the experience of salvation. Let's read it here and let's have a look. He's painting this picture and he's saying, is anyone thirsty? And so we all go, yes, I'm thirsty. I know, I know what it means to be thirsty. And so he says, come on, come, and come to the waters and drink. And so he says that in John 7, 38 to 39, he says, he who believes in me, first of all, he said, is anyone thirsty? And then he goes on to say, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, come on, come on, Lord. Out of his heart's gonna flow a river. I mean, I think of the Waikato River. I don't think so. <laughs> Someone reading that and thinking, my gosh, what are you talking about? He says, out of his heart will flow a rivers of living water. But this, he goes on to explain, he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so we're looking here, right here at a second experience that Jesus is talking about that's different to salvation, and in fact, the Bible talks about, in, in the book of Acts, have you received the Holy Spirit? It's another experience. We find out here, Jesus said here, he who believes in me. Well, that's the first experience. We believe in him for salvation. Then he says the second experience, out of your heart or out of your renewed heart, your born again heart is gonna flow a river of living water. What's he speaking of? The Holy Ghost coming to live inside each person that would invite him to come on in. And as he comes into our life, he is going to bring with him a river of life that brings healing to you, that brings healing to nations. And wherever you go, that river is going to pour out and it's going to bring life. That's what he's talking about there. And so this is a second experience. In fact, Ezekiel talking about the river, the Ezekiel in the Old Testament, he was a prophet and, and God took him. Some of these Old Testament prophets, they had some amazing experiences. They would be uplifted and translated to places and see some things in the spirit. And this angel picked, picked Ezekiel up and he took him in the spirit and he saw a vision of the river that Jesus was talking about. And he saw this huge big river come. And so I want to read, this is a, quite a bit of reading here, but I wanted to, us to get the amazing, amazing imagery that God was painting here. It's, some of it's from the New Living Translation, some of it's from the King James. And so just as we begin to read that, this river is just a picture of what God is wanting to do on the earth. And so he showed Ezekiel this. He said, in my vision... He says, the man, and the man he's talking about is an angel. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. And there I saw a stream flowing east beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on the south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gate and led me around the eastern entrance. And then I could see water flowing out through the, um, the south side of the east gate. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream 
measured 1,500 and then led me across. The waters came up to my ankles and he measured off 1,500 feet and he led me across again. And this time the water was up to my knees and after that another 1,500 feet and it was up to my waist. And then he measured another 1,500 feet and the river was so deep, to, uh, so deep to, was too deep, sorry, to walk across. It was deep to swim in, but it was too deep to walk through. And he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? And then he took me back along the river. And when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of the many trees that were growing both on the sides of the river. And then he said to me, and he begins to explain, this water flows towards the eastern region and it goes down into the valley and it enters the sea. And when it reaches the Dead Sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every... Um, every living thing that moves wherever the river goes will live there will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes and there's going to be fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea and the shores will be covered with nets drying from the sun and the fish of every kind will live in the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean and the fruit trees of all kinds will flow along both sides of the river the leaves uh, will uh, be oh, sorry. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they will be watered by the river flowing from the temple, and the fruit will be for food, and the leaves for the healing. Isn't that amazing? Now that is a picture, and it's an amazing description that God is talking about. Is he talking about a literal, liver, a, a literal river? No, he's not. He's explaining something that's happening in the spirit. You see, the angel of God took Ezekiel out and he showed him this river. And this scripture here, there's layers and layers and layers of truth. We're talking about this will actually happen literally when Jesus Christ comes back and there is an incredible healing that's gonna go on this earth for a thousand years and bring healing and restoration to people groups and to the whole earth. That is literally gonna happen. But then we see here that there's a, there's a different layer of truth where the Holy Spirit's work inside your life is gonna bring healing. And wherever we allow the Holy Spirit to go in our lives, he's gonna bring healing and there's gonna be life. If there's anything dead that's in your life, he's gonna bring it back to life. If there's no production, you're gonna see here when it says, and, and, and the fishermen were fishing again, all of a sudden, no longer is the dead sea dead, but there's productivity, there's ideas flowing, there's an, entre an entrepreneurial ship that's being birthed out of your life, wherever that river goes. And so there's some amazing pictures here that you can just read that and have a look. The angel says, have you been watching? And you just see there as he'd been led at the different places and the different levels from the ankles to the knees to the, uh, to, to, to the waist. And at that time, he didn't notice the banks. He was just going with the flow. But when he was led back, all of a sudden, he saw the trees that were going on the edge of the bank. All of a sudden, wherever the Holy Ghost goes in your life, you may not see the work that he's doing inside you, but you turn around and you look back and all of a sudden, there's things that are being produced in your life. There's things that are springing up from your life because he has been there. Wherever that river flows, wherever his presence is flowing in your life, there will be fruit, there will be life, there will be healing. And so that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He's just the most amazing person. You see, the Dead Sea speaks of nations. The Dead Sea speaks of the nations of the world that are right now sitting in death. They're not producing. Not producing like God created them to produce. 
It says here, and when the river reaches the Dead Sea, its waters are healed. You see, God's got the nations on his heart. He's got the nations on his heart, the people groups on his heart, that when that river, when his presence flows into the nations, flows into every ethnos, every group, every culture, they're going to live. There's coming a life. It says, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there. There's not going to be poverty. Poverty isn't in God's kingdom. God wants the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdoms of his Lord and of his Christ. And the word says, and he shall reign. He wants that on this earth. And so this river that carries the life of God and it brings healing to the nations, it says here at the very beginning, it says, and I saw the streams flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. And so this river comes from the temple of God. It comes from out of the presence of, the, of, of God the Father, from his throne. And we find here that Paul told us in the book of Corinthians, he said to the church, he said to you and I, he says, don't you realize? He says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. And so you are the temple. You are the temple of God on earth. It isn't in Jerusalem. This river, this supernatural river is not flowing out of Jerusalem. One day it will. One day it will and the nations will see and they will glorify the house of God's glory. Right now they hate Jerusalem and are trying to kick the Israelites out of there and make her a no, no land. But God says, I'm going to bring you into your land and I'm going to make you a people that was not a people. And all the nations will come and they will see and they will glorify me. And so there is coming a time when our, the natural seed of Abraham will be glorified. But we see here that God says that you are the temple and that the, the presence, the river of God, this picture that he is giving is flowing out of you and I. It's flowing out of you. I mean, look at what the work that, it, that the Holy Ghost does. Look what we can do. And it's not us, it's God through us. It says here again, John 7, 38, in your, in, in your outline, he says that out of your heart, Jesus said, is gonna flow the rivers of living water. Remember, it says that wherever the river goes, everything's gonna live because the waters have gone there. You see, it says ankle deep, the Holy Spirit. He, when we say about the ankle deep, it talks about God starts in your life first of all. When you start to come and you jump into this river, the Holy Ghost starts with you and you get in ankle deep and he starts to work with you. And whatever, like I said, whatever is dead in your life, he's gonna bring it to life. Remember we said a couple of weeks ago that the Holy Spirit uses your spirit and he searches all the inward parts of your heart. And what does he do? He shines the light on that. And when the light of God, the glory of God, the river of God comes into that area, it lives. I mean, it's supernatural. How can you get into the soul of a person that's been decimated, that's been cursed, that's been put down and heal that? Natural man can't go in there into those secret places and heal. But the river of God, the Holy Ghost, he knows those places. And he's the one that unlocks the hearts and is able to breathe life into that. And people don't even have to know that. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost and praying in that angelic language that He's given you, you can begin to pray and He can go into places that you don't know about. 
And He can bring that into life. And all of a sudden, your personality becomes perfected and there's a boldness and there's a freedom that comes that you can stand before anybody with a, with a, with a grace and a boldness of who you are in Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit, the work of that river that goes into your life. But the Holy Spirit, He doesn't want to stop there. He's on a mission to get to the Dead Sea. He's on that mission and He wants us to jump on in the river. He wants us to get on in there and go with Him. His mission is to bring life to the sea, all the seas, the people of the lands. You see, we choose. We choose how far we're going to go. We choose how, how much we're going to go into this river. I mean, Stephen preached on that a few months ago, and I just loved what he was talking about. He talked about the rivers. In fact, he talked amazingly about the banks of the river as the Word of God, and it just keeps, it keeps things in, in that right place. The Word of God gives you that balance, and the Holy Ghost is there with that river. But you see, we jump in, and we, we, we say to God, okay, how far am I going to go? I don't know about you, but I'm an extrovert, and so I want to go all the way. I don't like holding back. I don't like holding back. I want to jump and just say, okay, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, I know like Vivian, she doesn't mind bungee jumping. She's just going to jump, jump in there and just go all the way. Just, just give it a go. He's not going to hurt us. It's going to bring healing to you and to our cities and our nations and our peoples. You see, we choose how much of the life of God we have. Do we want to have ankle deep? Do we want to go to the knees? Do we want to go to the waste? Or do we want a river, the river, the presence of God overflowing our lives so much that we just got to swim? We're no longer in control. He's got the leadership of this thing. You talk about kayaking and going down the river. You stay on the edges of the river and you've still got control. You go a little bit deeper here and you're still in control. But you jump in and get away over your head and the Holy Spirit is now moving through you and in you. And He's taking you to places that you never dreamed or imagined and using you to bring life. I put here the ankle deep is for babes. You know how babies get on the side of the river and they just paddle around there? And that's cool to start with. But hey, we don't want to be a baby three years later. Jesus, he just junked the guys in, the disciples in, and three years later, they had a worldwide ministry. <laughs> and so we don't have to stay on the edge of the river. We can jump in. As I said, with that knee deep, it's starting to actually start to hand over the leadership of our lives, the leadership of our thinking, our thought life. That Stephen and I, we made a decision. Martin and Viv, the same thing. Peter died. When we found it in the Word, we gave the leadership of our thought life, and it bowed to what he said in the Word. Doesn't matter what my opinions are, what I think, that'll keep me out of the river. In fact, it talks about the swamps. I don't want to be in a swamp. I want to be where the river flows. And so we give ourselves over to that. A river too deep to cross is when he's got all of us. And we've learned to just yield to God. God, I don't understand this Holy Spirit. I'm not sure about this, but I'm just giving myself over to that. You said to bring my tithes and offerings. I don't understand this. I've got a whole lot of bills, but I'm jumping on in the river here and I'm just going to give to you. And as I give to you, I know that there has got to be an abundance of fish. There's going to be trees everywhere. There's going to be fruit coming in every month because you said if I go through the river with you, that it's going to bring forth. I don't want to stay on the outside. I want to come on into the Spirit. You see, God... God's story is told in this river. 
and is told in this river as you and I begin to reach people. Remember we so said that God's parents' stories are really wrapped up in their kids' stories? You see, well, God's story's wrapped up in ours and ours is wrapped up in His. You see, and as we start to swim in the river and get beyond what we thought we could do, and I've just got a story here of a young guy, a young, guy, a young Christian man from Texas, and his name's um, Blake McCroskey. The guys will flick him up. And he was down there, and, and, and this guy jumped into the river. Just a young, a young entrepreneurial, kind of a, a very kind of uh, extrovert, happy kind of personality. And he'd gone down to, um, gone down to uh, Argentina, and, and he made some friends with the little kids down there. And he saw that all of these little children didn't have any shoes. And he was just so moved, just, just keeping in mind that this is a Holy Ghost guy, a young man in his late 20s. And it just kind of just got to his heart that these little children had no shoes. And he told them, I'm going to come back. And he added on his heart, I'm going to make 10,000 shoes. I'm going to open up a shoe business. And, and, and God gave him an idea that is now sweeping, going, going to sweep the globe. Has already started to sweep America. Bill Clinton's got onto this and interviewed him in television. We've got AT Global that's involved. Microsoft Money's involved. They found this guy. He's tapped into the Spirit of God. The God has given him an idea. Every person in the Western world that buys one shoe, one set of shoes gets given to a third world or a developing nation. He's, he's, he's investigated and found 40% of the world don't have shoes. And that causes all kinds of diseases, elephantitis, all kinds of disgusting diseases in these children. Some of them aren't allowed to go to school because they haven't got any shoes on. He interviews one woman who says, oh, so thank you, so thank you very much. She says, he got three children. They only had one pair of shoes. And so they had to take turns to go to school. His turn was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because they had to go to school with and, and, and have shoes on. And the first year, he came back within that year and he gave out, and there's a DVD of his, their first drop-off, their first big shoe drop-off, 10,000 shoes they dropped off. And you just see them, their family, their mum and dad, and you see your mum interviewing, just say, this is God. This is a God we've got in the river. Now, when Blake jumped in the river and God moved on his heart for 10,000 BF shoes, he didn't realize four years later he would have given a million shoes away that there's now an official day that they've talked that, that, that they're having in America. And in fact, it's hitting all over the globe, a day without shoes on the 4th of April where everybody in the cities starts to walk and go to, and go to school, go to church, go wherever without shoes. He says, and the thing is, he said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have a charitable trust and open a charitable trust because I'd be continually begging. He says, what I did, he says, I, had a, I set up a for-profit organization. He says, so that whoever buys a shoe one shoe gets given to one of these children. He says, and it's just grown. The next year, it was 250,000 shoes they gave away. The next year, 400. And now this year, up to a million shoes has been given away. He's now got the vision that's moved into, hey, I'm believing right now, one of the countries in Africa, we're gonna have a shoe, a shoe country in here. And he's setting up businesses. Now, here's a young man, one for one, a God idea. And basically, what did he say in his thing? He said, um, where is it? He said, this for-profit organization is a revolutionary business model, which he said he believes is going to change the way of conventional business is done. So again, just being able to give away. He said, a life, unashamedly, he says, it's all about a life of giving. 
And so he is actually evangelizing the business world in the States and the Western world and talking about giving. We've got a whole lot of companies that I can't list here that are starting to jump on board and get on board with this idea of giving one for one. Bill Clinton was so impressed. You see, if you go and have a look on YouTube and you see him being interviewed, how did you come across this? I was in the river. <laughs> I got in the river and I started to get up to my knees and I got in there and I got 10,000 pair of shoes. The next year, I got up to my waist and we were wading. It was pretty hard. You try give out 250,000 pair of shoes. He's got interns coming in there. We keep people give their life for a period of time to train in there. It's amazing. He lives in a, on a, on a boat in California, just in one of these kind of yachts and just kind of this radical guy. You have, a look at the, um, you have a look at the warehouse and all the warehouse, the rooms are divided up with canvas, the shoes the shoe canvases. And so it's just a kind of a hippie type thing. The young kids have got an idea and they're changing the face of the world. What is that? Wherever, wherever the river goes, it brings, fit. It, it, it brings life. There is fish, there's productivity. He's going into nations where it's bringing hope. It's bringing a hope for these children to be educated that I can be better than what I am right now. That's the body of Christ. That's one young Christian man that got connected in with the, with, the, with the move of the Spirit and is doing something and impacting his world for Jesus Christ. There's another couple, Roland and Heidi Baker. In the 1980s, they started as missionaries and they started as short-term short-term missionary trips into Philippines and then into Hong Kong and all of those different nations. And then she eventually moved over into Africa and she was given a, an orphanage with only 80 children in it. Now this lady's a Holy Ghost woman, both of them are, and she was just fighting against in Mozambique where there'd been 30 years of just incredible warfare and just corruption. And she was given this, this orphanage and, that, and, and it started to flourish. The life of God started to come in and then a whole lot of corrupt police and officials came and took it off her. And so she went to another place and she began to build again and totally exhausted. She came back to America and she just went to a Toronto meeting, which was a, a revival meeting that was happening at the time. And reading her, reading her website, she was just, in fact, the doctors didn't want her to go. She had food poisoning and had pneumonia. I think she was about to die, but they were just praying and praying for her. And she was just having healing in, in her own self physically. And then she said, and listen to this, she said, one night she began to feel like she was having birth pains and lay groaning in intercession for the children of Mozambique. She began to see that there was thousands coming towards her and she cried out, Lord God, there's too many. Then Jesus said to her, look into my eyes. You give them something to eat. And he took his piece of broken, um, um, a broken part of his body and he gave it to her. And again, Jesus said, look in my eyes. And he sort of said to feed them. And he goes on to say, feed, you know, feed them. And he took the, took a, you know, she, I mean, she was seeing this in a vision. But what I want you to see here was she said one night, we began, she began to feel like she was giving birth, having birth pangs and she was groaning in intercession for the children of Mozambique. Now she went back there, her and her husband, and they started another orphanage and they had people wanting to start hey, doing pastors' meetings and they had, big, they had big bush conferences and then there was churches that were started, not hundreds, but thousands of churches were started. There's now 15 nations she's into. There's Bible schools that she's doing. She has 10,000 children that she feeds every single day. There are 4,000 people that she is supporting. There's 10,000 churches that she's overseeing. 
a lady that jumped in to the river. And she was coming out, coming out of Mozambique. I mean, she was fighting for years. This was 1980s. And this, when she moved back in in the, in the 2000s, she was fighting some incredible stuff, uh, if you read her story. But she jumped into that river and she could control herself for a while. But then when she came back, God says, will you go back? And she was birthing something in the spirit. And now there's thousands and thousands, 10,000 churches under her ministry, Iris Ministries. The Holy Ghost. Wherever you go, Ronald, uh, Roland, wherever you go, Heidi, there's going to be great fish. There's going to be life. There's going to be freedom. There's one area in Africa that she's been into that had never heard the gospel. They've moved in there, and now every people's group in that area has heard the gospel. Wow. The river of God. Out of your belly, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Wherever those rivers go, there will be life. It will be teeming with fish. There will be industry. Why does Africa have to have the, the, the first world nations coming and feeding? There's enough wealth in that nation. And so people are going in there. People are rising up from within there and starting to bring forth the wealth and allowing the people to have dignity again. What a testimony. Jesus stood and he cried out and saying, is anyone thirsty? He's talking about the water of life, the bread of life, the water of life, the spirit of God. He says in, in, in John 37 to start with, he said, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. Out of his heart is gonna flow. Out of our heart. These are just not isolated incidences. We could talk many, many people throughout the world whose story is being published on earth right now. It's their story that's been written in heaven. This lady, Heidi. I mean, gosh, I can't read all of her testimony. You see, the more we drink from this river, the more we spend in this river, the more time we spend in the river of the Holy Spirit, the more we give ourselves to praying in our heavenly language, the river's gonna rise. It's going to rise, and then His ability is going to rise over us. It's going to overflow. There's going to be problem solving. There's going to be ideas birthed. What is her idea that she says here? Everyone reach one. What is her one? We can do that. Her motto, what is it? Stop for the one. That's how she got all these orphans, 10,000 orphans. They saw kids on the street, and they'd stop. Have you got any? Come and look. Come with us. And giving them an education putting dignity into them. And then when those people tried to come and take away that orphanage and take it back over again, they kicked Heidi and Roland out and then the kids ran after them. I mean, they were all filled with the Spirit and they were all speaking in tongues and just worshipping and they couldn't stop them. Yeah. And then they just came and all of a sudden they found out this little house they had and all the little kids were following them. And then God gave them some land and then in the land there happened to be a well because they needed water and they dug for that well. She said, we never had food, enough food for all these children. She said, but we just had what we had and God multiplied it. You read that in the Bible, this lady's got the same story. You see, out of a need, God will multiply. Provision is, is, is given for the vision. She had a vision and provision, supernatural if it needed to be, was coming in. Praise the Lord. You see, God says in Isaiah 51, verse 1, God invites us and He says, Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters. 
And you who have no money, you come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. He says, why do you spend your money for what is not worth anything? He says, you come to me and allow me to use you. Come and just drink from this river. Allow it to bring life to you and then allow it to rise and overflow. You see, it's interesting here. God brings another word picture about drinking. You see, we can't survive without water. Five days and the human body's dead. We need to drink. We need to drink and we need to keep drinking from the river of life. It's not a one-time experience. We need to keep on drinking. Notice it says here, you come drink. You see, we've got to do the drinking. Somebody else can't drink for us. I'm talking spiritually speaking, naturally speaking. Somebody else can't do that for us. We have to drink in order to be rejuvenated. We have to drink of the Spirit of God in order to be spiritually rejuvenated. You know, we drink every day. Why? Because life just requires that. We're not doing anything bad, but I have to eat every day. I have to drink every day. Just life. Well, it's the same spiritually. What makes us think as spiritual beings that we don't need to eat? Jesus said, come and eat of me. Man doesn't live by bread alone. He lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. If I need to eat three meals a day, then I need to eat spiritually in order to be on my top level, spiritually speaking. I need to drink from the river. You see, even babies can drink from this river. You see, Ephesians talks about drinking. He talks about this river. Look at this, look at this word picture. This is God doing this. How do you like this for a picture? He says, don't get drunk with wine. He says, because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So God compares getting drunk with natural wine to getting drunk in the Spirit. He said, I've got a better model. I've got a better, I've got a better. What have, what's he got a better one of, Stefan? What do you call it? I know what I'm trying to say, but I just don't have the experience in this area. <laughs> a, brew, a better brew. <laughs> That's a very base term, but there's a better one out. You know, like how they have the wine and they have the different years, and some years are better than other years with the grapes. Vintage, that's it. That's the word. So God compares getting drunk. He says, don't get drunk with wine. It's going to ruin your life. He said, instead, get filled with my spirit. We don't need the spirits of the world to destroy us. We get filled with God's Spirit. I mean, look at that illustration here. I mean, one thing you notice when a person gets drunk, I mean, what do you notice? That they lose all inhibitions. Clothes can come off that were once on. They can step out and walk on roofs and jump around and do all kinds of stuff that they wouldn't normally do when they're in their right mind. Incredibly daring. You see, when you drink alcohol, it desensitizes the logic and you think you can do anything. That's right. Many of us have experienced that. But you see, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get filled with Him and you take on the personality of the King. You think that you can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you step out like, like um, Blake um, McCroskey did, and you step out and you do something. If he'd known that he was going to be supplying millions of chews and opening companies and speaking with the president and all kinds of things, do you think at 29 he would have jumped off? Oh, no, his, his logic would have got in the way. 
Do you think Amy, uh, um, Heidi Baker would have jumped off? No, she just had 80 kids to start with. <laughs> she just had 80 there. Not 10,000 kids in an orphanage feeding every day and 10,000 churches under her. <sighs> you see, when you drink from the Holy Ghost, you can, you, you, and you're filled, not just one. I mean, you know, people go to the pub. We don't. One's not enough. They want another one and another one until there's about six and then, then, then they can't handle it anymore. They're just out of it. We see God says, you come to the waters and drink. Come on freely. The drinks are on the house. The drinks are on the house. It's free. You know, you have your happy hour down there. Half price. Well, God says, I've got a happy hour that's free. And you just come on and drink whenever you want to. And you get as filled up as much as you want to. And as you get filled, there's a boldness that's coming on you. There's the personality of God that comes on you. There's the supply of God. There's the ideas of God. There's the favor of God. You get drunk with wine, it destroys you. It'll ruin your life, it says. There's condemnation. It's got a sting to it. But you see, you drink from God's, God's, um, God's whatever, spirit. <laughs> And it doesn't. It's a totally different world altogether. It builds families. It talks about joy unspeakable and filled with glory. You can have people rolling around here. You are, we are going to have people rolling around here in the Holy Ghost. Don't get frightened of it. They're just drunk. They're just drunk in the Spirit, and it's all right. God doesn't mind. In the, in the early 1900s, when they, when they were having moves of the Holy Ghost, and they ended up calling them the Holy Rollers, because what would happen is they'd get filled with the Holy Ghost and then they start rolling. You can't roll naturally like they were rolling. You can't do that. You try, you try roll yourself like that. No, it's the Holy Ghost coming on a human flesh and it's the response of the human flesh to that. People start laughing. Just from out of your innermost belly, there's a joy, joy unspeakable, what does that mean? It means, ha, ah, you're laughing, filled with glory. You see, it brings healing. That's what's in the river. That's what's in that river. And we ought not to be frightened of it. We can see it right here. If we see it in the Word, then we know, hey, God, this is okay. I can see this in the Word. Don't be drunk with wine because that's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's a comparison here, and the responses and the bodily functions are going to respond in a very similar way. One leads to death. The other one's going to lead to life. And we just need to yield and come on and have a drink. You see, some people don't want to have a drink. They can go in the, in, into, the, into the bars or the hotels. They don't want to have a drink. That's fine. That's their choice. But hey, look, when you come into the church, have a drink. God is asking you to have a drink. Come on, just step in. And if you don't know, just start. And allow yourself to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, alcohol is a counterfeit for the real thing. How many, have felt, how many want to experience the real thing? We've all had an experience, no doubt, of alcohol. Well, why don't we just be daring enough as we were in our teenage years? And why don't we be daring in our older years and jump on in and experience the real stuff that God's got? Praise the Lord.
You see, it's interesting how, how we have no problem thinking about being refilled. You know, when we have our car and our tank gets on, you know, you know our, we, we run out of petrol or it gets low, and we have no problem going to the petrol station and getting refilled. Have no problem with that. Well, you see, we need to do that spiritually. We just run around in our life and we need, we, we run on empty. And some people get on empty, then they have to call up their friends, excuse me, I'm feeling so depressed. Can you come and pray for me? And so somebody has to go and pray for them to get them filled up again. Well, that's okay for a few, for a few times, but then eventually God says, go and drink yourself. Have a drink yourself. I mean, a baby, you'll bottle them and you bottle them for a while, but then after a while, you mums know you don't want to bottle them at five. Drink yourself, eat yourself, nappy yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's a problem if a 10-year-old is needing to be in nappies. Well, God has that same problem in the spirit realm. There is a period of time when we are babes in Christ and people are helping us and supporting us. And that's when we're on the ankle deep. But there is a time when we've got to get in and get over and get on up. And bring the life of God to the people that are dying out there in the Dead Sea, that, 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 that the sea can live. And so in Ephesians, Paul goes on to say, he says, don't get drunk with wine, which is going to ruin your life. He said, be filled with the Spirit. So how do I get filled with the Spirit? He goes on to say, speaking to yourselves, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That's how you have a drink. That's one of the ways to have a drink is speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know when someone's had a drink, oh, they start to drink and they start to sing and they think that they're on New Zealand Idol. <laughs> We're speaking to ourselves. Now we can do this in a, in, in a setting like this or you can do that at home. Speaking to yourself, you're building yourself up. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Those are songs that are coming forth from a spirit. They may not be songs that we see in English or in our native tongue, but they're songs that are coming from the spirit. That you can start to and you start to speak in that and you're building yourself up. Building yourself, fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourselves. It's right there. You see, when we... When we're filled and the river starts to overflow, we're going to produce that life. Wherever the river goes, it's going to bring life to it. You know, like this Heidi Baker, that story, that's, you know, the, the stop for the one and Blake's one, one to one. Well, I'll tell you what, Victory Christian Center, we've got some stuff that's happening in this house. You know, we've got CAP as our CAP Center, Christians Against Poverty, that's going out into, into our city and reaching the ones. And we don't despise the ones that we're reaching, people on our prayer card that we're reaching out to. You think of the youth, our young people. If you just get a hold of this and you just reach out to your one friends. We're not going for 10,000 yet. You get too scared, you probably drown. And the whole thing of that. But you just start to step out and you reach for the one. I tell you what, there's going to be a victory sports arm coming out of this church. God has given that unto us and we have actually prayed that through and God has given that to us from the spirit realm that there's going to be an arm in this church, a whole area of victory sports where we are going to be using that as, as, as a huge big outreach to bring people from every city, every tongue, every tribe, every nation. You know games are God's idea. When you come on the playing field, it's level. There's no tribe, there's no color, there's no nothing, there's no, no I mean, it could be ages difference. 
There could be an age like the youngies and the oldies. But I tell you what, there is something amazing about sports. And we're going to be launching that. And we're going to start with one team. We're going to start with one team, one game, one league. We've already had you know, some of our people in our church starting to, to, to just, the Spirit of God is moving on you in that area of sports. And you may think it's you, but no, it's not. It's the river. It's the river of God, and it's going to flow out of this house, and it's going to reach into neighborhoods. It's going to reach into the youth world. It's going to reach into all kinds of training and leadership training. It's going to be a magnificent thing to reach out and speak a language of the people in the, in, in the world there, and we're going to bring them into the house of God. And so we start with one, and don't despise that, but allow that to pour out. You know, our funding teams, we just start with one area to get funding from the United States and those different places, and we will pull forth and be able to fund the vision that God has to reach our people, reach the people in our city, reach out into other nations. Why not? If these young people here can do that, we can do that. And so God is saying for us, just as, as we're just beginning to wind down, that we step into that river. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of even Heidi Baker talking about that she was burdened with something. She felt like she was birthing something. Just go with that. You don't know what is up ahead. You don't know the people that God's got for you to reach. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. You know, God says that the knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth as, is, as the waters cover the sea. Look at that as a scripture. The knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. The waters, the rivers of God that are flowing out is going to, and we want to be a part of that, reaching into our, in, into our youth world, reaching into education. You know, I've been praying to God. I've been saying, games, God. I know that there's a whole lot of aborted babies that are up in heaven right now. And they're being trained. They don't all of a sudden become adults when they go to heaven. They grow up in heaven. And God's got games in heaven that those kiddies are playing. Why can't we download those games from heaven onto the earth for all the displaced children in our nations? All the displaced, unwanted children that aren't being cared for and looked after. Why can't we take those games and bring them into the earth and start programs, school programs for these beautiful children that brings life to the kiddies in heaven It brings life to the kids on earth? We can do that. We can do that. You see, the mark, the scripture there that says that the disciples that went out everywhere, after they got filled with the river of God, it says that the disciples went out everywhere. It says, and the Lord, the Holy Ghost, was working with them, confirming his word with signs following. Father God, I want to just thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for everything that you are, everything that you are inside us, our coach, our helper, our intercessor. You're the writer of our story in heaven. You're the publisher of our story on earth. And we want to have a story, Lord God, that is going to impact the Dead Sea is going to impact the seas of people that are in our communities. And Lord God, we just choose to, to step out and go after the ones, just the ones that we have on our cards. Lord, that we step out and, and, and even reach out to the, Lord, the beautiful families coming in. Lord, as our Christians Against Poverty Center is reaching out to magnificent families, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that where we go, where your people at Victory go, we thank you, Lord God, that there's life because the waters go there. Your people go there and that there is life, that the place is teeming with fish. There's productivity. There's employment. There's businesses springing up. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving us this natural picture to explain the things that are happening and will happen in the spirit realm. And so we just say yes to that. We say yes to jumping in that river. Praise you, Lord. And Lord God, even just like Catherine Coleman said, Catherine Coleman can do nothing. It's what the Holy Spirit does through me as a yielded vessel. And so, Father, we just yield ourselves to your leadership. We say yes to what you've got planned for victory. Yes, what you've got planned for the 3,000 members that you've promised that will be in this house, that will be moving, Father, from this house. We say yes, Lord God, to opening up the dams, the, the dam, Lord God, to, to the river, to allow every idea and every, every thought of yours to flow into your people's hearts and minds. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name.